This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 18th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Senator Bernie Sanders would like to see Medicare expanded to cover every American, but it's worth examining how Medicare works, where it fails, and how expensive it's become. Michael Cannon directs the Cato Institute's Health Policy Studies. He comments. Bernie Sanders has proposed Medicare for all. What is Medicare functionally? So Medicare is the entitlement program the federal government runs that provides health insurance to seniors and the disabled. It is what we call a single-payer program where there's basically one payer. Uh, Seniors do pay a fair amount out of pocket, but uh, it is a program that has a monopoly over providing health care to seniors and pays for the vast majority of their medical bills. And it's a very uh, centralized uh, form of economic planning. The U.S. Medicare program, uh, under, under that program, the federal government collects all the tax revenue that supports it. The federal government decides what sort of benefits seniors are going to get. And the federal government sets prices for countless, of ser- countless services that seniors uh, receive all across this country. They're just spitting out these administered prices, which determines how the resources get allocated because stuff follows prices. So this is a very centralized, top-down way of delivering health care. And Medicare pays providers based on the in- number of individual services performed. Can you go through what that means? That's right. When it comes to physicians especially, Medicare pays on a fee-for-service basis. So for every service you provide, you get a fee. You get paid a fee. When you're talking about hospitals, they get paid on a per-admission basis, and so there's a whole bundle of services that go into each admission. Uh, But uh, generally speaking, the more admissions, uh, the more the hospitals get paid. There are pluses and minuses to all these different ways – to these two and other ways of uh, paying for medical care. But the way that Medicare tends to pay, and it does this because doctors and hospitals prefer this, is the more they do, the more money they get. And there are other ways of paying uh, for medical care or paying uh, health care providers that uh, create the opposite incentive. The, the, the more – it's called capitation or a global budget where the more you do, the less money the doctors and hospitals get to keep. And uh, that actually is weak on some dimensions of quality but very strong on others. It encourages health systems to invest in things like electronic medical records so that you don't have to worry about losing – the results of your MRI or CT scan and having to pay for a subsequent one. Uh, They do research on what works and what doesn't so they can avoid spending money on stuff that isn't going to help you and might even kill you. Now, David Goldhill, uh, who has been uh, spoken at the Cato Institute, he wrote a book called Catastrophic Care, How American Healthcare Killed My Father and How We Can Fix It. He talked about uh, that fee-for-service, the way it's arranged within Medicare he says that that was uh, – he suspects that that was uh, if not a contributor to uh, the problems that his father faced, at least the the hospital itself was perhaps dulled to sensitivity to the problems that his father was facing. Right. Uh, David Goldhill's thesis and I think this is absolutely correct is that the US healthcare sector because it is not subject to the sort of market discipline that we expect and, and do see in most sectors of the economy – uh, the cost of healthcare is much higher. The quality of healthcare is much lower, 
And when we say the quality of healthcare is much lower, we mean much, much lower. People are dying because the government has suppressed these market forces. In a market system, you would have fee-for-service competing with capitation as a way to pay hospitals. So you'd have uh, – and then you would have competition between hospitals that are paid uh, on these bases and that competition would force each payment system or each hop- hospital operating under different payment systems to improve on the – dimensions of quality where their payment systems are weak. So you would have competition from the hospitals that uh, under a capitation system would internalize the financial cost of medical errors. So if the hospital, if you get a hospital-acquired infection at Kaiser Permanente, for example, Kaiser Permanente has to pay to uh, to uh, to clear up that infection. They have to pay for the additional nights in the ICU or what have you. And so they have greater incentives to avoid those sorts of infections, to avoid hospital falls, to avoid medication errors because they have to pay for the added care you need if you're injured. Under a fee-for-service system, particularly the Medicare program, uh, if a physician or a hospital injures you, you require more services. The physician gets paid more if you require another admission. Uh, The hospital gets paid more from the Medicare program. Only after 50 years did it even begin to try to to eliminate that perverse incentive, uh, which reduces the hospital's incentive to invest in the sort of things that will avoid th- those sorts of medical errors. And the result ends up being things like what happened to David Goldhill's father. Uh, hospital-acquired infections are much more common than they should be. And people die from these every year. The, there are estimates from Johns Hopkins University that 250,000 Americans die every year from a medical error, which makes it the, would make it the third leading cause of death in the United States. How big a problem is uh, fraud within the Medicare program? Oh, wow. It's breathtakingly large. Uh, and it's hard to uh, measure because fraud by its nature is something that people try to conceal. But uh, – Just to give you an idea of how bad the problem is, some people uh, estimate that it's 10, 20, 30 percent of Medicare expenditures and some experts say that even those estimates are comfortingly low, uh, that the actual amount of fraud is much higher. Is part of the problem then that fee-for-service versus capitation uh, uh, setup? Well, uh, partly but but the real problem is that Medicare is spending other people's money. And nobody spends other people's money as carefully as they spend their own. And because uh, Medicare is basically for physicians, it's an ATM. As long as they punch in the right numbers, Medicare spits out money, and they don't even try to measure or they don't even try to uh, determine whether that claim the physician filed is fraudulent or not until after they've paid. Fraud experts deride this uh, method of, uh, of of combating fraud as pay and chase. They pay the money out and then they try to chase it down uh, if it was fraudulent and they rarely ever get any uh, of it back. And so the amount of uh, fraud in Medicare and and Medicaid is really just astounding. But it doesn't really matter whether uh, Medicare is paying physicians on a fee-for-service basis or in the Medicare Advantage program, paying insurance companies a lump sum of money to cover people, uh, including incapitated plans like Kaiser Permanente, because you'll get fraud in both places. Now, hopefully the fraud will be less uh, the fewer payments the uh, uh, government is making because then there will be fewer payments for them to track. And that's one reason to favor a Medicare Advantage system over for traditional Medicare. And so for um, beneficiaries of Medicare, it would seem that your incentive is to assure or make sure that your congressman is aware 
that that money needs to keep flowing. Like whether or not whether or not you're engaged in fraud, it, it would seem that you just want that money to keep moving to get your things paid for. Well, that's right. The seniors uh, who are enrolled in this program, uh, if the federal government tries to combat fraud, it's only downside for the seniors because they may have to provide more documentation or their doctor may grumble about all the additional work that he has to do to prove that he's not committing fraud against the taxpayers. And the doctor may decide to opt out of the Medicare program. If, se if seniors see their doctor is no longer, no longer accepting Medicare, they'll go to their member of Congress and complain about it. And the congressman will then fight to, to stop those anti-fraud measures. And why shouldn't the congressman do that? It's not the congressman's money that's being wasted here. It's not the senior's money. It's not the doctor's money. It's the taxpayer's money. And uh, because everyone else is uh, spending the taxpayer's money here, everyone, no one has an incentive to really crack down on that fraud and get fraud down to the levels that we see in credit card uh, transactions, which is below 5 percent or below 2 percent. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to see that in a government-run program like Medicare. What has Bernie Sanders proposed? So Bernie Sanders has proposed taking this awful, expensive, uh, deadly Medicare program and expanding it to the entire population. And he says, well, we're going to do it just like they do in Canada. We're going to have universal coverage provided by the government and it's going to be totally cheap. There are a number of things wrong with that proposition. Uh, first of all, uh, if you expand the Medicare program, there's going to be nothing cheap about it. You're going to, it's going to require a significant increase in federal taxes uh, and the American public just doesn't want that. If you look at where single payer has been proposed and uh, put before the legislatures or the voters, it's been uh, uniformly rejected in state after state like Vermont and Colorado and uh, soon to be in California, well, actually in California for years now, uh, because it would require payroll tax uh, or income tax increases of 10 percent or more. And that's even with the federal government picking up part of the tab. When you have voters in Vermont, in Bernie Sanders' own state, saying we don't want to pay the taxes that would be necessary to have a single-payer program, you're, you know this is an expensive program. Now, Bernie likes to say, oh, well, we'll have it uh, work like Canada. Uh, the Canadian healthcare system uh, costs much less than the U.S. healthcare system. Uh, there's a problem with that. If he wants to get spending down to those levels, he, he's going to have to cut, pay, uh, uh, cut uh, salaries for doctors, cut salaries for nurses. He's going to have to eliminate a lot of procedures that people want to receive. Now, some of that stuff might be wasteful or even harmful, but he's going to have a very hard time doing that because the government is not good at eliminating waste. More likely what's going to happen is he's going to expand the Medicare program and he's going to take what was already an incredibly expensive and wasteful and harmful program and just make it more so. We are not only going to keep leading the world in medical spending under Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All program, we are going to uh, uh, leave everyone else even farther behind. There's also a great irony in the fact that Bernie Sanders is saying, well, we're going to have a healthcare system like Canada's and yet he's proposing to expand the U.S. Medicare program. So Canada's healthcare system is also called Medicare, but it operates differently from the U.S. Medicare program. The U.S. Medicare program uh, is, is run entirely by the federal government. The federal government raises all the taxes. It tells you what benefits you're going to get. It sets the prices and therefore allocates the resources. In Canada, the Medicare program w works differently. The Central government sets uh, broad goals uh, but allows the provincial governments to fill in the details. The federal government raises some of the money but then gives that to the provincial governments in the form of a block grant and lets them determine how much uh, 
exactly how the resources get allocated and what benefits uh, are medically necessary and that the Medicare system will provide. So what Bernie Sanders is proposing is a much more centralized form of economic planning than Canada's Medicare program is. And if you want a closer analog to Canada's Medicare program, what you actually want is something like the U.S. Medicaid program where the federal government, again, raises the some of the money but the, but the states – contribute a significant amount themselves and the states have some discretion. Actually, in Canada, the pro provincial governments have more discretion over uh, the healthcare sector than, the, than states do under the Medicaid program. Canada's Medicare program is more, like a, is more like Medicaid but with block grants as Republicans have been proposing, which gives states much more latitude over what sort of benefits they're going to provide and to whom they're going to provide them and, and, uh, and how much they're going to spend in each area of healthcare. So the, uh, the irony here is that uh, Bernie Sanders is not going to move uh, the U.S. healthcare sector in the direction of Canada's healthcare sector. It's actually Republicans who are trying to do that right now by reforming Obamacare to take all that Obamacare spending and give it to states in the form of a block grant. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.